Taylor Walker from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GOS Giants. It's Brad Ebert from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, my friends, one and all. Welcome to your 2019 fantasy football preseason. It is MJ from the Coaches Panel, and today is the day. The 50 Most Relevant is launched. You can go and check out the article on today's player and an explanation of what the 50 Most Relevant is at coachespanel.tv or you can check out a previous podcast released just a few days ago talking through how I've gone about crafting this 50 Most Relevant list from today and then for the next 49 days myself and then another member of the Coaches Panel, we are going to join you talking through every single player that makes the 50 most relevant, what makes them relevant, um, how, whether you should start them, whether you should upgrade them, um, what you should be doing with them. And uh, to talk about the first player in at number 50 on the 50 most relevant, I got Benny Gogos. Hello, mate. How are you? Oh, very good, mate. Very good. I'm um, very excited to be back. Uh, always looking forward to MJ's top 50. And we've got a, an interesting person to speak about today, don't we? We do. And I'll be honest, the first couple, uh, especially if I just said the name, you would immediately put them either on your never again list, not relevant list. But sometimes you just need to go a little bit deeper and uh, kind of go beneath the cracks a little bit. And in at number 50 today, it's Fremantle docker Harley Bennell. He's 26 years old. So while his body has mm. let him down continuously, especially since being a docker, but really over a large portion of his career there was actually still in for an argument so you could still say he's still plenty of kind of football left in him he's a midfielder only uh, that'd be because in the uh, 11 or so games he played in the wafl or the waffle uh last year he played predominantly midfield so that's where champion data have given us that allocation in terms of his 2018 stats he didn't play a single AFL game. In fact, he's only played a couple for the Dockers. But this is where we start digging into the relevancy, Ben. $167,700 in Supercoach, $236,000 in AFL Fantasy, and for your dream teamers, $199,600. Ben, just going off that price, if nothing else, given what we know he can deliver for us, he's priced as a cash cow for us. And if he plays round one, it's going to be hard to not consider Harley Bennell. Oh, it's going to be a very, very simple selection if he's playing round one, to be honest, MJ. Um, so we go, we go through his numbers. We look at 2012 to 2015 seasons at Gold Coast. Note that this was just his second to fifth seasons. He goes at an average of 85 Dream Team, 97 Supercoach in just his second season and pretty well delivers those numbers again for the next two seasons before taking that to a 92 and 100 average in 2015 over 15 games. So, look, honestly, this, this guy, we all, we all know he has a lot of problems getting on the field, a lot of problems off the field, but if he can actually, um, you know, get his, get his mind on the footy and, and avoid any issues body-wise, he's probably going to be the, the simplest pick in every format um, going into 2015. 2019. Yeah, and even some of his super coach numbers, you know, he's averaged over 100 before in that format, the three years prior in that same 2012 to 2015 window, his lowest seasonal average for 95. Gosh, even his debut season, he averaged in the high 60s across formats. So at his price point, you know, sub 250 in AFL Fantasy, sub 200,000 in Dream Team and Supercoach, if you're getting a high 60s average from someone at that point, You'll take it, because when we're talking about cash cows, there's really two things we want. The first thing we want 
is we want a guy that's going to play every week consecutively for, for a six to eight week, maybe 10 week period. Because nothing kind of stalls a cash generation process outside of crap scores than a guy not playing. Because who cares if they could score well if they're not on the ground consistently? And we will talk about that for battle in a moment. But that's probably one of the first two key ingredients you need is you need them on the ground consistently and arguably in that best 22. The second one is you want some level of scoring ceiling. We've all been stuck with cash cows that are either key defensive players or lockdown defenders or small forwards, and they'll get you a 30, 40. Maybe they'll crack the 50 every now and then. That's not really going to make you much money. When you've got a guy like Bennell who's got a, a known scoring ceiling, and if he's fit, and it's a big if I know, um, is best 22. That, those are the two big key ingredients when it comes to our cash cows. Oh look, it's it's pretty simple. We we can kind of move move pretty quickly from this. If he, if he's playing, if he's on the field, um, he's going to average enough to be on your on the field in any uh, any dream team, any super coach, any AFL fantasy. It's it's very basic. Uh, they're going to play him through the midfield. Um, it's really getting onto that other point of can he make it out there because. When it comes to the numbers, MJ, we have absolutely no concerns whatever with Harley Bennell. Well, well, that's the thing. Look, since his trade to the Gold Coast Suns, he's just played two games in three years. And, and, and that is the concern. And time and time again throughout his career at Fremantle, and those two games were back-to-back games at the end of the 2017 season. It, it's predominantly been reoccurrences of his calf injuries. Even at a waffle level, I think even just last year, it was just 11 games and only averaged 15 disposals a game. But like you said, here's the thing with Benel. If he gets through the preseason relatively unscathed, if he spends any amount of time in the JLT, and if he gets some midfield minutes, and if he's named round one, I just think you have to pick him because he doesn't need to play 22 games. He doesn't even need to play 10 to 15. You just need a six-week window of consistent footy, and then you're away. Best case scenario, you could even roll him two, three, four weeks longer if he's fit and firing. Worst case scenario, like we're talking worst case scenario, right? Mid-game, he gets injured and you miss out on 30 or 40 points. You can make that up easily. Like we're all going to have three to four trades we need to use in the first five weeks that are either injury impacted or missed trade opportunities. You got the wrong cash cow. Your premiums had a major role readjustment, like a um, you know Taylor Adams from 12 months ago. Those first three to five weeks is where it's recorrecting changes that need to happen into your side because almost every fantasy coach every year makes one to two errors. So worst case scenario, say he gets injured, he's pricey enough that you can drop down to a basement and still make a little bit. Best case scenario, he goes and knocks out 70-plus over the first six weeks, and happy days, you're away. Yeah, look, it's a pretty it's pretty simple. Like, you've also got to factor in a bit of a risk adjustment. So we know with him, he he gets injured a lot, but the reality is we're not playing top, top dollar for him. Yeah. So you're willing to factor that in. Now, if... If we're looking at this guy and um, he's priced at an average of 90 and he hasn't played much footy, then it's it's a very different question. But when it comes to the rookie prices, I'm willing to have extremely high risk when it comes to the injury record. So, of course, he's as bad as it comes, but I'm willing to overlook that because the price is, is too good given, given the circumstances, given his uh, past scoring history. So, look, 
the li- the likelihood, um, given everything we've seen in the last three seasons, the likelihood that he does roll into round one unscathed seemingly is quite low. I would probably give it about a 25% chance of happening. But look, if the planets align, you know, we have a very, very simple cash cow that realistically should be in more than 80% of teams, in my opinion. Yeah, all it is. And even if he's not ready round one, at some point in the year, you're just going to need that cash cow that gives you that six-week run at it. And Bennell's within the price range where he's a cash cow for you this year. And as you've said, mate, and at the article at coachespanel.tv, um, there is enough argument that he's got ceiling potential. He's in their best 22 if he's fit. The big if is his body. Can he get it right? for a six-week run at the AFL. And if he does, he's going to be one of the most relevant players. And that's why he's so low, um, because of the injury history. Given his price and his history, from a scoring potential, he should be in the top 25. But just because there's three years, if not longer, of injury concern, I just couldn't put him any higher. Um, from a well, draft... That's, sorry, that's the thing, though. Just, just on that, like we've spoken about him every year for the last the last three years. We're, honestly, we've spoken about him longer than that. Um we come back to the same conclusions. It appears to be such a good deal, but he hasn't really been able to follow through. Yeah. Um, you know, it probably wasn't the best thing, him going to Fremantle, like just from what, what you hear the, the outside looking in. But look, if he can get his stuff together, it's just a no-brainer. And look, honestly, I, hope, I really hope he does because he, he is a top 20 talent in the, in the AFL if he can get his stuff together. He was quite extraordinary in, in quite a few of those seasons, especially considering the fact that Gold Coast were largely uncompetitive in, in all those seasons, he was a star for them. Yeah, well, that's true. Look, he's, he's certainly lost some of the speed that he had as, as a junior and early his career, but he still possesses that class and skill. And that is something that the Fremantle Football Club do need to add into their side. So much of their midfield has been always, but even more with the departure of Lockie Neal, is going to be centred around Nat Fife. They're going to need that class and skill, you know, that, that is angle-cutting kicks um, that Bennell can bring to the side. For me, if he's fit, that they've just got to get him into that team. Um, when it comes to drafting, it's going to be an interesting one. Now that he's just a midfielder only, I, I can see a lot of both seasonal and keeper leagues just not drafting him whatsoever. But generally, depending on the depth of your squads, of course, that's always the factor in how many coaches are in it. I'm not opposed to maybe like a, a last round just throw out it and see what Bennell could do for you. Like, generally, your last two or three picks in a draft, chances are they're going to get thrown out anyway. You're going to grab someone off the waiver. They're not hugely important, um, it, depending on the depth of the draft that you've obviously got to do. But for me, in both a keeper or a single-season draft, I wouldn't be opposed to, like, your last selection in the draft. Just pick him up, because there is scoring potential there. And worst case scenario, if he gets injured, doesn't play early in the year, you throw him back in the pool. He's hardly going to be that crazy attractive offer to many other coaches in your league. Yeah, no, it's it's a, again, it's quite a simple one. If he if he's on the draft board in the last sort of one or two picks, I'm willing to take him because um, the risk is so low at su- such a low selection. But by the time you get to the the 29th or 30th man in a you know in a 30 uh 30-player team, you're really just throwing darts at the board and hoping something sticks. And we actually have proof uh, that he is a sensational player when his body's right and everything. So, look, you can do a lot worse than taking him as your last pick. Do I think it's going to work out? Honestly, I think probably not. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but like at, at the end of the day, that's the type of risk that 
hey, if it has a 10% chance of him averaging 85, that's a lot better than uh, picking up, say, the first guy that came to my mind because I, I normally take him at a late pick is someone like a Jaron Geary, you know, someone yeah. that you probably, you nailed on the fear 65 to 70 points a week, but you know that it's really not going to deviate substantially outside of that. Yeah. Um, someone like Harley Bennell, you know, in a perfect world, the deviation could be huge in your favor. So um, also there's a, there's probably a likelihood um, during the season, especially with ultimate footy that he picks up the forward status. Yeah, true. You'd imagine. So um yeah, no, I, I think that that's a, a bit of a no-brainer. Again, um, last couple of picks, he'll he'll definitely be entering my team if he's still available there. Yeah, no, fair enough too, man. Hey, appreciate your thoughts on our number 50 of the most relevant for 2019, Harley Bennell. Cheers for that, Benny. No, thank, thank you, MJ. It was great to talk about him. If you want to go and check out the article, it's online now at coachespanel.tv. That is where you're going to be able to find the articles every single day for the next 49 days. Now, a podcast will coincide with an article as we count down through the 50 most relevant players. And if you want to get some early access to the podcast, 24 hours out and help support the Coaches Panel, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Coaches Panel, just like Jacob Fairbank has done. Thank you, mate, for your support support of the coaches panel all your details and links for everything you want to do for the coaches panel coachespanel.tv the number 49 player of the 50 most relevant lands tomorrow morning and i wonder who it could be